Welcome, everybody, to the AJ Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets, impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. Welcome, everybody, to the AJ Osborne Podcast, and it is a new year. You may have noticed I've held off this new year before relaunching the podcast. And there's a reason why, because we are also launching the new YouTube video. So I guess YouTube channel, not video, but uh, the key is we're changing things up. So we're launching the new YouTube channel. We have the podcast coming out. And one thing is that we've changed a lot at the end of last year. We changed a lot within our companies, the way that we are moving forward into this year, scaling, and particularly on the content side. So today, I want to frame the podcast. I want to frame the um, YouTube channel and what we do, why we do content, why I do this podcast at all, and explain how that works within my business and uh, the financial outlook, our goals, why we're trying to achieve it. It's important to know that, you know, I, I never made any content before I was paralyzed at all. None. I didn't do anything. In fact, I, I really didn't ever even like social media. So why are we putting so much time and effort into content now? Well, let me explain what we're currently doing. So I have a graph that I'm actually, if you check out my Instagram page, it's on there that explains the um, division of content. Uh, I wanted to be a purist. That's right. I'm a snob. I'm going to say this. Um, like f- like fishing, I don't use bait, right? I'm a fly, fish- fly fisherman. Everybody knows that fly fishermen are stuck up snobs, right? It's just, it is what it is. It's, you know, bait is below us. And there's a sense of purity to fly fishing that I have. And I really view this in content. And the reason being is I never liked consuming content that um, felt like there was a catch. There's a hook at the end. And uh, when deciding why to make content, right? So what is the purpose of it? Why do we put on these podcasts? Why do we put on the videos, uh, Instagram, YouTube? Um, Right now, we have hundreds of thousands of listeners to the podcast, which um, still blows my mind if I'm being totally honest. And for the most part, everyone knows me from the storage side, right? That's how people know me. I spent a lot of time focusing the AJ Osborne podcast on different things, including interviews. And I really didn't feel that I was um, not fulfilled, but I just didn't have the right direction going on the more personal brand as opposed to self-storage income. And I didn't want to dilute self-storage income from what it was. So let me explain. Self-storage income, the self-storage income podcast and the self-storage income YouTube channel, our self-storage income event, which was the largest um, private event, uh, self-storage event hosted. It was phenomenal. Fireworks. It was it was an event and it costed. Wow. We, yeah, we we spent. um out of pocket, it was, I think, $110,000, $15,000 is what it cost. Not to put on the event, 
That's after everyone paid to go to the event, what was left over. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why do all of this? Um, Well, two things. So our content strategy is simple. First of all, all content that we do and we produce, all material and any information, right? So any information that we have, when I got started, I said, there will never be a hook. Meaning, you know, if you like this, then you can buy a course and learn more. I didn't want to be that guy. There's nothing wrong with being that guy. I buy courses. Graham, uh, uh, Graham Stevens course on YouTube. I bought it. I paid for his online course. It was wonderful, right? I have no problems with people that want to buy or sell courses. None whatsoever. I need to make this clear, but I needed to create rules for myself. And the rules were simple. All digital information that we were giving would be never held back. It would be all the information and there would be no lead in to, um, need to pay more. That way I could feel free to disclose everything. If anything, I'm an oversharer. You may have noticed that maybe it's part of my ADHD, but I want to talk in depth on my business, our strategies, what's made us successful. And I want to be 100% authentic and I want to be real. And I want that to come across in all of our content. And, uh, so up above that, YouTube videos, podcasts, everything. I teach all of it. Um, in fact, there's a lot of people that was in the self-storage industry that did not like what I was doing because I just give it all away for free. Um, and we, this was great. Um, it was costing a lot of money. Uh, in fact, I spent last year, $300,000 in total when it came to, um, events, putting on content I have right now, three full-time people hired um, in-house that work on content, not to mention, I don't know, the probably six other people contracted out that work on our contra- content. Um, but what I what I try to do is all of this digital content that you're listening to will always remain free. So then it became, well, how do we make money or why do we do it? So what's the purpose? Why spend money? Um, it should be clear that I have no intentions of um, becoming uh, like either really uh, you know, like Gary V, anything that has nothing to do with why we do content. I do not want to be famous in quotations or whatever that means. That's not the purpose. That's not why we're doing it. So we have a direct purpose for all content. Now, everything above uh, for digital is free. So what is wh- what then is the purpose and do it? As you guys know, I have a real estate private equity firm where we invest people's money um, principally into self-storage. All my content builds relationships with people If you listen to this, you're going to know everything there is to know about me. You're going to know my strategy. You're going to know my philosophy. You're going to know everything. I'm not going to hold it back. So people then come and they invest with me. They also bring me deals. I get paid, obviously, in the form of um, real estate deals. So I get paid in the form when we do a real estate and we're putting our real estate funds together. I get paid in the form of fees, equity um, to do that work. Uh, I have another and then I have another side that uh, we have our groups and our, our groups are the CRE circle and the inner circle. And really what it came down to is all information's free. There's n- nothing's held back. Um, anything paid 
has to do strictly with my time. So it's all the all of this information is centered around financial freedom. It's centered around optimization, economics, um, building your business and your investing strategy. Right when it comes to paid, everybody. It's if you want me to hold your hand and you actually be on a Zoom call with me and take my time and everything, you need to pay for that. Or if you want me to actually create financial freedom, invest your money, and you want to come with our companies along, then I get paid for that. Other than that, everything's free. So the purpose is it drives opportunity. And I talk about this a lot. Um, we try not to, and my philosophy is that I don't chase opportunity. I create the conditions in which opportunity, um, is born, right? It is organic. It is natural, natural. Um, it is a condition where an environment, their opportunity thrives. You may have heard me say, talk about the, um, the grizzly bear, right? You want to be the bear where opportunity comes to you and creating, um, content allows me to show here's our expertise. Here's our knowledge. Um, here's what we're good at. Here's what we do. Here's where you may align with me may not. And so when people want to invest in me, there's nothing, there, there's nothing holding them back. We're our, our fund that we're opening right now is a $20 million fund right at the first of the year. We bought, um, over well over 50 million worth of assets in the last six months um, with investors, including two of them that were brought to me through my real estate um, or through our inner circle, um, which is self-storage specific. The CRE circle is just general. And uh, it's a chance to network and do opportunities. So these opportunities are coming and these are big opportunities. The, the, it's literally created millions of dollars in value and equity and wealth for my company. So that is why we're doing this content. That is why I devote so much time and money to the content. And that is why the content is totally open and free. And I don't hold something back. I'm not trying to lead somebody into anything. I want them to know, uh, uh, get to know me, and trust me, I want them to understand what I'm good at, what I'm not, the pros and cons, and what we're doing. Um, now, this comes from two sides, and this is kind of the crown of it. Obviously, that starts out with the idea that we are trying to create opportunity to have more financial success, and we share financial financial success with others. But it also comes down to the fact that I made a promise when I was in the um, hospital, and I was going home to see my kids the next day. And it was Christmas. You probably heard the story. I was just really excited to go home. It was the first time I'd been in the hospital for months and I got to go home to see my kids. And I wasn't worried. I had no financial worries. I wasn't worried about me now being paralyzed, losing um, the house, my wife not being able to be with me or the kids to go work because we had passive income coming in from a real estate um, investments, even though I got fired from my job. So it was there at night and I was looking out and I'm like, this is, this is, more than money. This is this is more than buying things. This is super important. And I made a promise that, hey, I am going to share my knowledge with everyone. And two, we're going to allow other people to enjoy that success alongside us. Came out and then we started syndicating. We started letting people um, invest with us. So last year, we're moving along, right? We're buying up deals. Self-storage income is 
exploding, it's erupting. Um, and we really excelled at content for our, um, what I'd say probably our core audience. Okay. Lots of self-storage, uh, stuff and our core audience. We made lots of content, how to manage by on and on and on and self-storage income erupted. It was the largest, um, self-storage podcast. The book went crazy. Um, and then we had events, everything else. And so we really were successful in that mission. Um, and the reason people listened was they knew that we were going to tell and share everything and we weren't going to hold anything back. Um, but it also, I felt almost pigeonholed me where I'm like, you know, self-storage investing, this is just a part of it. Really what made us successful in storage was our business knowledge, our investing knowledge, our experiences, most importantly, our failures um, and understanding of larger things at play, um, our macroeconomic plays, what's happening and uh, understanding these things and how to work within these conditions to be successful. And None of that I felt was, is really addressed in those things. So this year we've changed and made a concerted effort that 50% of the content was going to serve more than the core audience around those things. And it was going to be more broad base. And so we were going to touch on all those things that I just mentioned and more. I own multiple businesses. We're going to talk about them, buying, selling, starting them up. Um, we've had product businesses, insurance on and on and on. And I'm going to hit on that. So the AJ Osborne podcast really is about that. It's creating conditions for success. It's taking advantage of opportunities, understanding risk, understanding financial markets, the economy. And this year we are really changing kind of the scope. And I'm going very deep, like I did on self-storage income, uh, to the AJ Osborne brand and podcast. And I'm setting up super high criterias for quality, everything from guest, but the amount of effort we're putting into it, the YouTube channel. Um, it may be up actually right now. Uh, if you're listening to this, it probably is. We're putting out videos and I'm going to be putting them out once to twice a week. And essentially they're just mini courses. I'm just, it, we're teaching, we're explaining financial topics. And a lot of it has to do with exactly what we're doing in today's age. And this has never been more important. I don't know if you've noticed it, but um, the world has kind of gone crazy and a lot of people don't know where to go. They want to be successful, but they're having trouble navigating and they feel stuck and it's high sky high prices. We have massive inflation, social unrest, and a lot of people, um, aren't sure what to do in our line of business. Uh, we excel because we move when other people freeze, when the COVID lockdowns first happened and the world just stopped and the markets actually froze up. We bounced on two, three of the best deals that we've ever gotten. And this was a literally like a two, three month period of time. And then immediately the markets unfroze. The government started pumping unlimited amount of money into the markets and markets shot straight up. This is also true with the uh, Great Recession and how we pounced and pivoted, like, I mean, really pivoted during that time. And we did what made sense. And I, and I try to look at things logically and take out emotion, understanding the conditions and the results from certain actions. And this is, this has benefited us enormously. 
And the last past two years is we built a company, we're scaling this company. Uh, I've created a framework that I have used over and over again, and it's our business model. And when you look at our business, every business has a system that they use. And I think of it as their um, operating system, like a software within the hardware. And uh, our operating system is the impact system. It's something that I've used forever. It's something that I've used to scale to over 200 million in assets. And we have over, I don't know, we're over 60 plus employees now. We're hiring almost weekly. It's ridiculous. Um, but it's a system that you can use as an individual to a company and to scale to departments to et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we're actually building it out. Um, that book will launch in a month. And I wanted to talk about in this podcast and I wanted to teach what we're doing, how we're doing it, universal things that can be applied in every industry and it can be applied to any business. Um, we're not specifically self-storage. That's where the opportunity is. That's where we're executing. But this year we will be doing other things. So we will be going into other asset types. Um, I will probably buy some more businesses this year. Again, I'm in the middle of buying another software company. Um, and these are really, really important things to talk about because when you hear about it in real time, and that creates a dynamic approach to learning in applicable type of learning into the environment. So you're seeing what's happening and reacting. And it's like seeing three feet in front of you in the fog. It gives you a little better understanding. At least that's how it is for me. That's how learning is for me. I learn by doing and seeing other people do in real time. And I love sharing that stuff. I love sharing, here's where we failed. Here's where we uh, succeeded. And I find that that tends to help a lot of people. Um, and that's the goal, everybody. So this year is going to be a big year for the AJ Osborne podcast and the AJ Osborne YouTube channel um, and everything associated with it. Our company, we are set to probably double again um, this year, which would be amazing. We'll probably add 200 plus million in assets. We already have uh, almost 100 million under contract already at the first of the year. And uh, we, we've, had, we've had problems, right? It's, it's not that people haven't had pro problems, uh, but we use frameworks to guide us through these uh, problems and to grow regardless of what it is and what the circumstance um, is it the given, is it a given time? And these frameworks have benefited me so much in my life and, uh, it gets me excited, uh, really excited to talk about it. So this year, what's coming up, what we're doing, first of all, the CRE circle, our commercial real estate group is having a event. Um, we're trying to lock down dates literally right now for Boise at the end of June, um, a big event. We're doing tours. We're going to have, um, do a big dinner at my house. We're going it, to, it's going to be amazing. We're going to look at all sorts of different assets. We're going to, um, uh, learn a lot from office building, everything in between. Um, we've also have our self-storage income event in the fall, uh, and these are going to be two really, really big events. One is not specific to storage. Obviously, the other one is. Uh, as our company grows and as our audience grows, those things are mutually beneficial. And so it kind of creates this swirling effect. And 
if you've ever read the book, good to great, they talk about a flywheel, right? And the big flywheel, it takes a long time to get it moving. But once it gets moving, it really, really starts to go. And that momentum needs to be controlled. And I look at flywheels, and if you had a big flywheel, and if you had a small flywheel, think of a a big flywheel like the size of a big round table. And then you had a little flywheel the size of a you know, silver dollar, that little flywheel, because flywheels are all connected, they're big gears, right? They turn and they, they change and they move together. That small flywheel can actually stop that big one dead in its tracks. And when we look at business, when we look at how things are interconnected, that's really important to understand when you're talking about growing and momentum, and it all needs to grow together organically. Um, and it needs to be, you need to have a way that as you grow, you can keep up the same momentum while keeping quality control. And this is personally as well as in business. And you're always going to fall down and that's fine. You're always going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. Um, you've heard of tons of mine on the podcast and you're going to hear about even uh, more. Um, but it's... Uh, the idea of it is that you're measuring and understanding and you have a framework to analyze those big screw ups and understand that it's not personal. So we want to talk a lot about these this year, this year, and we will show you how our frameworks are working in our business as we continue to expand and grow. So recap real quick of 2021. Um, we hired a ton of new people. We uh, grew in five more states we have a lot more assets. We grew our brokerage firm, um, Tenant Inc., who we are major investors in and founding mem- members of Store Local. Those have grown exceptionally. We sold our product-based online business, actually, the very last part of the year, December. Um, and we continue to see uh, exceptional growth. Now, we see exceptional growth while also seeing exceptional chaos in the world. And these things that when we look, it it, it makes uncertainty. And I want to be clear that we are in uncertain times, very uncertain times. And I am not an optimist by the means of, I just simply believe everything will turn out okay or good. And in fact, I think that's actually a really dangerous thing to tell yourself, not because of the obvious that it, it, it won't always end up like that, but because what you're doing is you're essentially giving yourself a pass on having to confront uncomfortable things. And that's not optimism. That's Disneyland. And uh, that doesn't help you progress or move forward. So while we've been growing and while we're trying to understand the benefits that have happened, what has caused increase in markets, what has caused us internally, um, it's important that we diagnose these things because I look at 90% of our time is focused on the um, micro execution while I think... um, maybe a little more, but you know, 10 plus percent of the time is focused on macro understanding. So uh, you may have seen my post where I talk about this macro understanding, micro execution on Instagram. 
Um, but the idea is that we are micro executing in a certain environment. And as the environment changes and as the environment is either clear or unclear, there's certain things that we should do microly to navigate through that. Now, it's important though that I'm not saying I let the tail wag the dog. So when I say that, what I mean is I don't time markets, nothing like that. We buy when markets are down sideways up. Um, I don't let the macro events stop my execution. Uh, but I definitely make sure that I have it in context so I understand um, how we execute. So the types of deals we do may change. Um, the understanding of how certain things may play out will obviously change on what we invest in um, and how we allocate capital and resources. And this year has been a big year of examining um, the conditions for capital in the United States as well as the world. As you know, we are at historic um, inflation numbers. Um, we are now, it's, I think as far back to 1980, uh, the highest inflation numbers we've seen since the 1980, all of you that listening to my podcast, you would have known this cause I've been talking about this for a year. And, um, as people said, trans, uh, transitory inflation, I said, that's B S this is not going to be transitory inflation. Um, I have no dog in the fight. I'm just simply investing money and I needed to know what was going to happen, where we needed to put our money and the effects of the capital and what the United States government was doing. And it seemed like, as most things are, um, a lot of the transitory stuff was purely uh, market plays and moves. And that's something we try to stay away from completely. I, I do not like bias information at all. I, we stay away from it. I have my own research people. Um, we have certain things that we look at, we take note of. I do not use um, any major media um, or news outlets uh, for any kind of information at all. I, 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 it doesn't matter what size you're, side you're on or not. It's That's not good information. We focus on raw data and applying events within the overall system and understanding where things are going. And it didn't take a rocket scientist to know that a 40% increase in uh, dollar in whatever in monetary uh, uh, supply in whatever, I think it was a year, it, it was actually probably two years that it took to implement, uh, have a 40% increase in our money supply, but that there were going to be effects of it. And for everyone that was saying transitory, well, they may not even know, they may not be looking at the raw data because last year our actual imports, the exports out of China hit an all-time high. So people are saying, oh, it's just because we can't get goods. What are you talking about? We had all-time highs in exports um, out of China. And the reason being is, well, yeah, demand skyrocketing because there's so much money. So yeah, we have supply chain, but you normally what happens when you have a recession, you also have a contraction in demand. So it should always be equal, but the government didn't allow that to happen and shot mass amounts of money in it. So when COVID originally started, um, we already knew the playbook, right? They did this in 2008. We're like, they're not going to let the market fall. These guys are just going to pump endless amounts of money in it till markets go up and it stabilizes. And so we got aggressive and we, we bought 
assets that were in trouble and people didn't know what to do because they thought the world was going to crumble and and go down. Um, and it, it wasn't really a bet. It's not like, I don't think it was a bet. I think it was a logical, practical move um, that made perfect sense in the time. Uh, we got to try to avoid fear and heavy ideology that leads us to conclusions. Um, and we really want to avoid uh, talking heads. And especially this year, that's the biggest thing to get across. Fear is the name of the game, people, right? It's just, it's all you hear. It's all you see. Um, and if you just give in to that and you it, it clouds your mind, you're going to make the worst financial decisions ever because at the end of the day, markets and reality doesn't care if you're scared. It doesn't care what you perceive. Um, and you got to stay away from that. So we're going to talk a lot about operating in these environments and knowing what to do when we're at all-time debt highs, that the United States economy is probably in the scariest position it's ever been. Um, monetary policy is gone wacko. Um, we are just living on the government and we have to now come on this big easement. Um, the government's got to get us off all this free money. That was a total, not just overreaction, but you know, I'm not going to get into it. It's now causing the problem we're in. And the problem with that is how you do that is you have to reduce the overall money supply to get these mass inflations, uh, mass inflation in check and that's through the rise of interest rates and that causes recessions and what that means and what that could look like. So we're changing our outlook on markets we're investing in. We're changing our outlooks on types of investments or how we're investing. We're being much more particular because we just know that there's unknowns and here are the unknowns and here's what might happen. Um, whether the government can get inflation, how aggressive they have to be, what they have to do to the economy. We look back in history. We'll see if we have another Paul Volcker that comes in and, you know, Paul Volcker, he's my favorite. He's the man, uh, that seven foot bald guy. Uh, but he, if they, he just lets the market do what they should do and lets interest rise, which, you know, sent the United States into a massive recession and got Carter kicked out, but he did it. He cured the overall, uh, inflation, um, woes. So what happens in those period of time? What investments succeed? What don't? And are you hedged? And what will work and what won't, right? At the end of the day, I don't know. You don't know either. So it's about controlling, right, the risk. And how do you do that in investing? How do you do that in business in a world of unknowns? Um, these are all things that I get so excited about because the idea is not to sit back and wait. That doesn't work. The idea is to execute, be comfortable with unknowns, manage those risks, and execute, execute, execute. And that is the name of the game for us. And I am excited for you guys to kind of go along this journey with us this year as we are moving and shaking and really see what happens. And I'm totally on uh, out on line here, guys, everybody. I am, I am fully aware 
that I could be bankrupt in six months because I, there's just so much I can't control. We could be in a depression. We could see hyperinflation, and I don't think this is going to happen. Don't think I'm saying this. Uh, we may have you know interest rates at 10, 12 percent, um, and there's all these things that could happen. And people are saying, oh, that, well, that could never happen, right? Well, these are the same people that said we have no chance of having inflation. Literally, whatever it was six months ago, zero chance. They don't know. Right. And two, most of the time, there's some agenda that they're trying to pull off when these talking heads are talking. So understanding the reality of the situation and actually confronting your own demise um, is hard, but you have to do it. You got to be okay. I could be dead tomorrow, bankrupt the next day. So now that I've confronted that demise, let's figure out how to work within it and let's try to figure out how to manage risk so that doesn't happen. Right. And that's the kind of person you actually want to invest your money with. That's the kind of leader you want because the person that refuses to recognize their own demise is one that is sure to end because they can't, they're not preparing themselves and they're simply trying to avoid very painful things, right? Um, I mean, the idea of going bankrupt, I, I can't even comprehend it. It's never done that. Uh, it's super scary. And I love what I do. That would mean that, you know, this would come crumbling around me. Um, and that's horrible, right? But at the same time, that's just kind of the reality. And I am not egotistical enough to think that if we got in some massive depression, a fall of the dollar, that somehow I am going to be um, saved from it. And I'll need to change. I'll need to make the moves that are appropriate if those things happen. And my employees, my investors, and everyone knows that I will. I will recognize those things. I don't want to have my hand in the head in the sand and say, no, 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 no. Inflation won't happen. It's just transitory. Um, I'm not, I don't want to be that guy. Um, I don't want to be held to ideology of a political party or anything else that would lead me to make actions that are not good for overall progress, um, good for me, my employees, or uh, our investors. And so through this year, we're going to be talking about these things. And, you know, a lot of it's uncomfortable. And a lot of these things you know, I decided at the end of the year, I'd shied away, away from talking about a lot of stuff. I, any of you that were on my Instagram and saw all my stories, whatever it was a week ago, and saw my ramp, rant, um, uh, where I kind of opened up about a lot of things, knew that I, I kind of decided I'm not avoiding um, uncomfortable situations to talk about. And the honest truth is I love my podcast. I love talking to the audience and I love giving value. And we live in a state of the world that everyone's so sensitive. I was afraid if I said something wrong, my audience would be upset about that or that they somehow that would reflect on me. And that seems childish. That's fine. Right. Some of you say, Oh, I, I never do that. I, I don't, I don't care. But the, the truth is I do care. Um, every single person that invests with me, that, follows us that shares with it. Like it really means a lot to me. I do not have a large following. I don't. Um, I, I, I have a very small one, but it's, it, it's important to me. Um, these are people that invest with me. They, they know my business. These are people that I do business with. This is a, you know, this is personal and it's important. And I am a very strong believer in long-term gains with long-term people. And the economy is made up of opportunity from individuals. 
and you cannot be successful without other people. So people are very, very important to me. And I didn't want to do something to screw it up, but internally and in our office, we never avoided ever. We would never avoid uncomfortable conversations. Um, didn't matter if it was uncomfortable for me, uncomfortable for other people. We really wanted to talk about it. And I wanted, we want to know, and we want to come to real answers. And that's not fair for us to do one thing and then not uh, do that through our content and be open about our position and why we're doing certain things. So this year, we are not going to shy away from uncomfortable topics. Um, that's a that, That's going to be a big chain. That's on YouTube, on the podcast and everything, but especially here on the AJ Osborne podcast that is much more open to these, these, these topics. Um, another thing that we're really going to try to do is I just want to have guests on that I want to talk to nobody else. So a lot of this podcast is obviously me. It's me talking about our experiences, what we're doing, moves we're making, failures and successes. I want to bring on people that I... Yeah, not idolize, but I really want to learn from, and I want to hear other than that. I don't really want to bring people on. Um, I'm just looking at really top value content. Um, and people that I would say, I want to, that I would search on the podcast, uh, station, right. To find, to listen to those are the people that I want on, on my podcast. Um, I'm extraordinarily interested and learning, uh, especially in the last six months, but continually forward and a lot of different experiences and what's happening around the world, um, within the United States and trying to get a full picture. I'm an avid fan of Ray Dalio. You guys probably know this. I have been for a decade or more. I used to download his, he made it all books, everything else like that, but you used to be able to go on their website because these were um, information and memos and things that he would send to his employees and you could actually just print them off. And that's where like principles and all that other stuff. Came. I was reading that, those way back then because they were being traded around and people were like, hey, did you see this? thing that Ray Dalio put on their company website that he gives to employees. And it was fascinating. I'm a huge fan of Warren Buffett, um, long-term outlet. I love Warren Buffett. Um, I remember the first time I read the Warren Buffett way I was in my apartment. My wife was at work at new Fong's. It was a Chinese restaurant. She was <laughs> making the money because I was an aspiring insurance salesman, which meant I worked for Aflac and made no money. Um, so we lived on her tips and at night while she was working, I would listen and read books and I read the Warren Buffett way and it blew my mind. And I made goals right then and there. I wanted to be a capitalist. I wanted to manage money, own assets and businesses in the economy. I wanted to make a difference. Um, and most of all, I want to make an impact. And I'm trying really hard to stay true to those things and stay true to the principles that allow people to do that, which is principally trust, um, knowledge, hard work. This is things that attract money and attract leaders and change. These are all things I'm striving to be, to become, to uh, foster within me and my firm. So we have a great reputation, right? It's one of the reasons why even with the content, we do it all free. It's a long-term view and outlook. So big things coming this year. So much to talk about, everybody. You guys want to help me out 
please subscribe and like to this. And guys, if you're like this, if you're excited about this year, share it, tag me online. It actually makes a difference. Um, I love saying I try to answer all my DMs, even though it takes me a while to get to it, everybody. I want to answer questions when we ask questions on Instagram. I want to, you know, give you guys kind of an insight, look at what's happening. So check it out there. And we have so much more coming. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.